Well, welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you are with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Before we jump into our teaching series, I do want to mention to you this wonderful asset called the version. It's uh, absolutely free. You'll find just about every translation of the Bible uh, there is in existence. You can search for topics that interest you, money, sex, or power, or whatever it is. Uh, you can search for it, and uh, you'll find what the Bible has to say about that subject. Also, if you look in the events menu, search for Arlington FM Church, there you'll find a complete set of notes for this weekend's message. Also, when you're in your favorite podcast player, if you'd likewise search for Arlington FM, there you will find all of our teaching content. Well, uh, we are in a series called Let's Get It Started. And, uh, you know, God, who created the changing of the seasons, uh, is signaling to us that uh, there's a new season at hand. He's wanting to do entirely new things in our lives. And uh, we're springing off of this uh, prophecy that Isaiah had uh, to a people who were living in exile. They'd been through it. They'd been beaten down, uh, taken away to another country. They were living in Babylon and uh, spent uh, 70 years existing there. And then God raises up this guy named Isaiah to introduce an entirely new season to God's people. In fact, here is what he says. He says, forget the former things, uh, all the defeat you experienced, the setbacks, you know, the distancing from God. Do not dwell on the past. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Even now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And uh, as we established uh, last week, this new thing that God is doing, according to the prophecy of Isaiah, it has some hallmarks. This new season uh, has some uh, attributes that we can take note of. Uh, in particular, it's a God thing. Uh, God says, I'm doing this new thing. It's also new. That means it's a break from the past, comes with a different set of opportunities, different possibilities. In fact, it opens new direction. Uh, God says, I'm making a way in the wilderness that uh, wherever we've been stuck, Wherever we've not known which way to turn as we enter this new season, one of the things Isaiah said we can look forward to is God giving new, clear steps that we can take. And finally, Isaiah said it brings new provision. Uh, God says, I'm making streams in the wasteland. And uh, whatever uh, God's people have been lacking, whatever provision they were in need of, and, uh, you know, we can take all of these attributes of a new season and uh, apply them to our lives. Uh, even as we enter into the fall and transition out of summer, uh, God is wanting us to know he has already started uh, doing these new things in our lives. And uh, here's the point we're making in this series. If God has already initiated a new season that's full of uh, clear direction, new provision, new hope, new possibilities, our part is to uh, notice it to recognize that it's happening and to get on board. And so our response is, so let's get it started. You know, why wait around? In fact, uh, last week we saw uh, Jesus went to a guy who had been sitting by a pool for 38 years uh, trying to get better, uh, trying his old routines. None of them worked. And uh, as he began to rehearse 
the things that were keeping him from being made well, Jesus asked him a very straightforward question. Do you want to be healed? Uh, you know, the past is the past. Uh, how about uh, looking ahead to what I have in store for you? And uh, thankfully, Jesus uh, steps in and intervenes and gives this guy exactly what he needs to enter into a new season. Well, I want to ask you a question that may surprise you. And it's also uh, one of the barriers that keeps us from moving into the new seasons that God has for us in our life. Here's the question. What do you do with your garbage? Now, that's not a trick question. It's not metaphorical. I'm asking you concretely, what do you do with your garbage? Well, most of us take our garbage out of a little container, put it into a, a bigger container, and on a certain day of the week, we roll it out, leave it by the side of the curb, and uh, lo and behold, early in the morning, usually, a truck shows up, it empties our container, and voila, uh, off goes our garbage. You know, that's how it's supposed to work. Uh, my wife and I once moved into a quite an old farmhouse, rickety old dilapidated place, and it was uh, in a part of the, the area that didn't have garbage service. And so we had to deal with our own garbage. And what often ended up happening is uh, we'd pile it up in our garage and pile it up in our garage and, uh, until we got enough there that we felt it was worth it to either go rent or borrow a truck and make our way to the landfill. I remember one time uh, the landlord called me. He said, hey, I need some things out of the garage. And then he hung up. He said he was on his way. I thought, oh my gosh, we've got at least a month's worth of garbage that had accumulated out in the garage. I spent a couple hours tidying up, cleaning up my garbage, organizing it, managing it. And, uh, you know, the sad thing is, when I stood back and looked at my, my neatly organized garbage, I thought, that actually looks good. <laughs> the joke was on me. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes... We, we try to manage our garbage in ways that really aren't effective. And again, speaking very concretely, you know, maybe you're familiar with this episode that happened uh, several years ago. Uh, a bunch of garbage was loaded on a large barge in New York City, and uh, these city planners uh, had a great idea. You know, it cost us so much to get rid of our garbage here in the Northeast. We're going to ship it down to North Carolina where it's much cheaper to dump in their landfills. Well, unfortunately, as the barge was heading towards North Carolina, uh, the people there got wind of what was happening and said, no way, we don't want your garbage. And so they refused to let them uh, dock and unload their putrid uh, supply of garbage. Well, over the next two months, they would be turned away in Louisiana, Texas, Florida, and Belize. In fact, authorities in Mexico and Cuba threatened to fire artillery at their barge full of stinking garbage. Well, here's the point. Uh, we all have garbage in our hearts, in our minds, that we have to figure out what to do with. And yeah, that's kind of a major linchpin of this message this morning. Regardless of what our faith position is, we all have garbage remaining in our hearts and in our minds that we have to figure out what to do with. And here's the truth. If we don't manage it well, our garbage can compromise even the new seasons that God has in store for us. Hear that again. 
If we don't learn to manage our garbage well, our garbage can follow us in to the new seasons in life. You know, it's like that old saying to the man who has Limburger uh, on his lip, the whole world stinks. You know, everywhere he goes, he's saying, what's that strange smell? And the fact is, he's taking it with him. And, uh, you know, uh, the situation that Isaiah was addressing uh, with the Israelites, it's mismanaging their garbage is what got them carted away into exile. Uh, they didn't know what to do with the inconsistencies in their lives. They were God's chosen people. They were called to be the light of the world, but they weren't living like it. There was a great discord. In fact, that's one of the primary reasons uh, God had to raise up the prophet Isaiah uh, to reprimand, to correct, and to bring God's people back into alignment. Uh, listen uh, to some of the words that Isaiah's prophecy begins with as he addresses God's chosen people. He says, stop bringing me your meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies, your feasts, your appointed festivals. I hate them with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing them. And when you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Wow, that's quite a revelation of the heart of God toward his people uh, who were living with a sense of entitlement. And there was a great discord before, uh, between uh, who they were called to be and how they actually lived. In fact, uh, Isaiah uh, kind of summarizes uh, the plight that had come upon the people of God before they were carted into exile. He says in uh, 20, chapter 29, verse 13 of his prophecy, these people come near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. And see, uh, this is uh, not okay with God that uh, his people uh, would have one uh, sort of calling, a sense of identity, we're God's chosen, uh, we're God's select people in all the earth, and yet they were living in a way that was disgusting to God, and uh, he didn't really care uh, about their religious observances. What he wanted was an accurate heart response to him, and uh, really it boiled down to the way they mistreated people. Uh, they were unjust. They were angry. They were hostile. They were critical. And so God said, look, uh, you guys aren't getting it. You're mismanaging your garbage. And he allowed them to be carted away. Uh, but into that, Isaiah says, forget the former things. God is doing a new thing. You know, can you imagine if after uh, being in exile uh, for all those years, and then God doing something miraculous, bringing his people out of bondage, out of Babylon, back to the, the promised land. Can you imagine if those people came back and they began their old routines, they began their festivals, they began their sacrifices, and they still had stubborn resistance hearts? What a waste of going through all the challenges they went through if they were in no a different place. And uh, it brings to mind again that question, uh, how are we managing the garbage that's in our lives? Are, are we finding effective ways to deal with it? Well, you know, uh, 
And now, going beyond the concrete uh, to the, the garbage that God calls sin in our lives, which is really missing the mark of what he's called us to be and to do, uh, here are just a few of the ways that we tend to mismanage our garbage and, and pull it into the new seasons of our lives. Uh, we often, the humbler among us, we turn it into shame and self-loathing, uh, but the majority of us, uh, we either minimize our garbage, our sin, or we dismiss it and say, well, you know, uh, wasn't that important, didn't really matter, uh, I'm, a, I'm a person of faith. Doesn't matter if my life and behavior and thoughts are inconsistent. We repress it. Uh, we deny that it's really happening, uh, that there is this uh, great divide uh, between who we're called to be and how we actually think, feel, and live. We dress it up. Uh, we can uh, get really, really dedicated, really dutiful, much like the Israelites did uh, where they became uh, really devoted to their religious practices, but their hearts indeed were far away from God, and uh, we project it onto others. You know, Jesus often referenced uh, this way of dealing with sin. We got a log in our own eye, and we go around trying to take the speck out of our brothers. Well, uh, here's the truth. Uh, we all have a barge that's loaded with garbage, and uh, what are we going to do with it? Uh, how are we going to uh, deal with it in such a way that produces health in our lives. Well, thank God he's provided a way for us. And uh, as we've established in this series, we're looking at the teachings of John, known as the beloved disciple in particular, the Gospel of John, the epistles of John, and the Revelation, the very last book in the Bible. And uh, John, after his great epilogue or a prologue, which we looked at last week, begins to address this issue of the lifestyle of people of faith. Here's what he said. Uh, when Jesus appeared, the eternal word became flesh and lived among us. He says in verse 5 of John chapter 1, this is the message that we heard from him, and we're declaring it to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Well, initially, uh, John says, God is completely good. God is true. God is noble. God is genuine, God is sincere, and there is absolutely no darkness in God whatsoever. And John is establishing this fact that God doesn't carry offenses against people. God doesn't slander people behind their backs. God doesn't use his words to devalue the reputations of people. God doesn't secretly hope that people who unfriend him would fail. God doesn't despise people who hold different worldviews or different uh, beliefs than he adheres to. And you say, well, wait a minute. Doesn't God destroy people who disagree with him? Well, here's the truth. Not according to the message of Jesus. And that's what John is declaring. This is the message we've heard from Jesus. That, uh, In fact, Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, he said in Matthew chapter 5, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's kind of the Old Testament economy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who hurt you or persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. What's he saying? Our Father in heaven is light and there is no darkness in him at all. In fact, uh, Jesus goes on. He said, this God causes his son 
uh, the source of all life on our planet, to rise on the evil as well as the good. And this God in heaven, in whom there is no darkness, he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous or undeserving. And Jesus went on to teach, you should aspire to become like that. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. You know, most of us uh, hearing those words would probably say, well, I agree with that. God is good. God is virtuous. God is honorable. God is noble. God does shower his goodness on evil as well as on the good. And uh, so maybe you're thinking, well, what's this? What's your point? Uh, What does this have to do with how we manage our garbage? Well, John goes on to tell us. He says, look, God is light, in him there is no darkness, and if we claim to have fellowship with God, and yet we walk in darkness, we're lying, and we're not living according to the truth that Jesus taught. So uh, here's what John's saying. Uh, If we claim to be close to God, to be near to God, to love God, to want to honor God with our lives, and uh, We want to see God's good reputation be honored in the world if we claim to be tight with the God who is light, and yet we walk in darkness. We have that same split, that integrity breach that the Israelites had. We honor God with our lips, but with our hearts, we despise people. We resent people who offend us or don't agree with us. We speak ill. We slander Uh, We get warm fuzzies when we gossip about people that uh, don't meet up to our standards, our expectations. And what John is saying, if we claim to have fellowship with God who is light and in whom is no darkness, and yet we we entertain that kind of inner thought life, we're lying. (laughs) We're not living out the truth according to John. Uh, Here's a truth that you could say uh, it's hard to be close to God. When we are close to God, I hear those words again. It's a reality check for us. It's hard to live close with God when I am close to God. And that's exactly what John, the beloved disciple, is drawing our attention to. And thank God that uh, what follows is uh, John's uh, remedy uh, for this integrity breach, that uh, how we can be people who have our garbage to deal with how we can deal with it in a way that's effective, not like that ship full of, uh, you know, putrid waste being turned away. Uh, here's what John says. He says, but it's the contrast uh, for, uh, for a false lifestyle. He says, but if we walk in the light as God is in the light, we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, this is an amazing a promise, a hope, a reality that has come upon those who believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, John says this, if we walk in the light as God is in the light. In other words, if we're open, if we're transparent, if we allow the truth of who God is uh, to bring to the surface, you know, the, the fallacies of who we are, the brokenness, the things that need repair. You know, when uh, When you need to see something more clearly, you flip on the lights. When a doctor's uh, trying to read an x-ray, what's he do? He puts it up on a light board, and uh, that light allows the inconsistencies, the blemishes, 
the things that are compromising our health and well-being, it allows those to, to come into the open. Well, that's a good illustration of exactly what John is talking about. We can claim all the faith that we have in the world. We can make our proclamations about how much we love God, but John is saying the proof is in the pudding. Do we walk in the light? Do we allow God to bring to the surface, to our awareness, that garbage that needs to be dealt with? If we do, here's a wonderful promise, observation John makes. The blood of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all that stuff. That purifying is a wonderful thing. It, it means that everything that comes into our awareness, that's not what God would have it be. It's removed from us. Uh, it's much like a purification system. You know, I've traveled to Haiti once, and uh, thank God that we had some makeshift water purifiers, and uh, you'd pour this uh, pretty, pretty rancid-looking water into the top, and you'd watch it work its way down through the filtration system. And uh, even though the, the water at the bottom still had some cloudy look to it, you know that a lot of the harmful things have been sifted out. And that's what John is saying is as we walk with Jesus, we're open to God's light. He brings to those, the surface those impurities, those things in our lives that are killing us so that we can be rid from them. And, you know, uh, sadly, uh, I had an 18-year-old sister who died of kidney failure. And I often think about her decades later. Uh, but, you know, what a, what a remarkable insight into uh, our body's ability or inability to purify itself from uh, toxins. And when our kidneys stop working, uh, our health is compromised. And John would point us to that and say, look, if we walk in the light, as God is in the light, we let God bring to the surface those things that are displeasing to him. Uh, we're just open. We're transparent. We're not covering. We're not repressing. We're not denying. We're just saying, God, show me those things. And uh, he promises that he'll remove them from us. You know, this is what Jesus uh, was talking about in John chapter 14, as John recorded, that when the Spirit of God was sent to us, uh, he would guide us into the truth, and he would reveal uh, the things that uh, are inconsistent in our lives so that we could walk away from them. Uh, you know, if uh, John goes on, he says in verse 8, if we claim to be without sin or without garbage, uh, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not really in us. You know, what, what John is saying here is if we hear a message like this and we think, well, that's not for me. I don't need to hear that. That's for somebody else, some rancid sinner, you know, who's disregarding the ways of God. No, it is for you. It's for all of us. Uh, because as John would make clear, uh, if we claim to be without sin, whether we're forgiven or not, we're tricking ourselves and the truth about God has not been planted uh, deep within us. Uh, you know, we're like the guy who thinks he's a good driver until someone else rides with him and uh, is holding on for dear life. Or it may be like the husband who thinks he's a Casanova, but he hasn't taken the time to check in and see what's like, uh, what it's like to live on the other side of him. Uh, if we say we have no sin, we're actually tricking ourselves. Well, uh, John goes on, he says in verse 9, uh, if, on the other hand, we confess our sins, 
if we confess, which is to openly own up to him, admit him, say, hey, I've got some garbage in my life I need to deal with, then he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive us our sins. And here's that word again. He will purify us from all unrighteousness or all that is harmful in my life. You know, you know, confession, it can sound like a scary thing, kind of a religious thing. You know, you go see the priest and uh, quietly confess your sins. Well, that's not really the biblical idea. The biblical idea is we, we openly admit our shortcomings, our flaws, and our failures as they come to light in the process of doing life with others. Uh, we accept uh, the revelation of how God is uh, bringing us face to face with our shortcomings. It's expressed in words like this, oops, sorry, please forgive me. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to think that way. I don't want to say things like that. I don't want to react. In that. Uh, maybe I do uh, have a root of bitterness. Would you help me get rid of it? Uh, maybe I do have a log in my own eye. Uh, would you help me to see it more clearly? And see, when we do that, when we live openly to the light, when we confess our shortcomings, uh, God works with us, liberates us from them so that we can walk in to the new seasons he has for us. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Well, John closes this address on how we manage or mismanage the sin, the garbage that's in our lives. He says, look, folks, if we claim we've not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. God forbid that we would do that. And his word is not really in us. My dear children, the reason I'm writing this to you is that you will not sin. I'm writing to encourage you to move away from a lifestyle that's inconsistent with the nature of God. But if anyone does sin, know this, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He pleads our case. Uh, he, he, gets, he secures a pardon for us at every turn if we will look to him. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's an amazing proclamation. Uh, this is not a heavy message, folks. This is freedom uh, from our bondage. Uh, this is light in place of our darkness. This is healing for our sickness. This is victory over death itself. Uh, this is the new day. This is the new season uh, filled with new direction and new provision that God is inviting us into. But here's the truth. We can't have it. We won't experience it if we're not honest with God and humble with people. Hear that again. Uh, this is the way that God wants to help us deal with our sin slash garbage issue. Uh, but we have to be honest with God and humble with people. So what's John's message to us? Well, here it is. You don't have to carry your old garbage into God's new seasons of your life. You don't have to carry your old garbage into the new seasons of life. It's kind of like that barge full of stinky waste. Uh, you know, we do a lot of things to try to separate ourselves from our garbage. But uh, think of that ship with these words declared over it. 
Uh, I will take your garbage, Jesus said. Let me take it away from you. Let me lift it off of your shoulders. Uh, I think of uh, one of John's statements as he uh, coins, uh, he writes the very final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, uh, right away uh, in that uh, opening chapter, uh, John writes these words to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Well, I want to invite you to uh, pray with me. And uh, as we pray, you know, I'm mindful uh, that John uh, wrote about this uh, scene as Jesus was preparing to go to the cross. Uh, John wrote about uh, the foot washing where the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world would uh, set aside his garments, take on a towel, get at the feet of his disciples and begin to wash their stinky feet. And when he came uh, to Simon Peter, it says, uh, he came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't realize what I'm doing now, but later you will understand. And Peter said, no! You will never wash my feet. And Jesus had an interesting response. He said, Peter, unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. Uh, What Jesus was saying is, uh, we don't have fellowship. Uh, You're not close to me if you don't let me deal with your sin issues, with the garbage that accumulates so naturally in all of our lives. Uh, Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the grace and the mercy that's in your heart. And though we're often inconsistent in our response to you, God, we want to thank you that your love continues to cover a multitude of sins. Uh, Though, Lord, we may go into exile, uh, we may suffer defeat, uh, we may live lives that are a far cry from what your intentions are for us. Your intentions don't change. Lord, you always invite us back. uh, And we just thank you for the light that comes into our lives as we open your truth. I thank you for the opportunity to be liberated from our shortcomings. And uh, I would pray for all, the, all of us, Lord, uh, thinking about these truths, that in these coming days, in this new season, uh, we would be open uh, to you showing us things uh, that we need to walk away from, uh, revealing those impurities in our lives that are compromising our spiritual health and well-being. Uh, compromising our relationships. Uh, Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to manage our garbage problem. We don't have to repress it. We don't have to try to uh, dump it off on others. But you invite us to cast all of our cares on you. And as we do, you'll be faithful. You'll forgive us. You'll cleanse us from all the things that are harmful and lead us in your good and perfect will, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.